1: This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 955 at AM 750 WSB every Saturday from three to six, hitting the biggest stories of the week. And for me, the biggest story of the week is the biggest story of the decade. It's national health insurance in the United States. You can call it Obamacare, you can call it Ryan care, Trump care, Obamacare Light, anything you want, but the Republicans put out a bill last week to replace Obamacare with something I consider to be uh, another form of Obamacare, which is sending people checks to buy health insurance. That's what it is. And it's not even a medical safety net like Medicare and Medicaid are. It's just sending people checks to buy insurance. And for me, that's, uh, there's no reason for that, certainly not on the federal level. So even if you are in the mood to transfer wealth across the country, you don't you don't need to. You know, this is not part of that Medicare and Medicaid do that. So I don't understand it, I don't want it. I support the Freedom Caucus, which is the Tea Party remnants in Congress for opposing it. I I Trump and Ryan have been blaming them for being this schism in the Republican Party. But I I, I had an observation about uh, the Judge Gorsuch uh, confirmation, the Supreme Court nominee of Trump, is Judge Gorsuch. And he is widely regarded as a constitutionalist, as someone who will go to the mat for the Constitution. As a result, I believe every single solitary Republican senator is behind him, if I'm not mistaken. I can't think of any Republican senator who is not supporting him. Why? Why? Because no Republican is going to lose his seat for supporting the Constitution, and that's what I think gives the lie to this Obamacare debate. The Freedom Caucus doesn't understand. The moderate Republicans are serving Republican people who really want to ignore the Tenth Amendment and have national health care for uh, Middle America. It's I don't believe it. I think it's uh, a ruling elite, big government program that happens to subsidize a financial product, health insurance. I mean, so uh, I I don't buy this competing interests among the rank and file. I think it's about the us versus them dialectic or tension that exists in the Republican Party in a way that does not exist in the Democrat Party. Everybody on the Democrat side likes big government. The people, the voters, the ruling elite, the Republicans not so much. The ruling elite want more To rule, and the voters want smaller government, and that's really the problem. And I applaud the Tea Party for standing their ground. I mean, they are really our only hope. So, is Trump there to uh, splinter the Republicans? I had a great comment earlier in the show from David saying he thought Trump was there to splinter the Republicans. Now he's afraid he's there to splinter the Tea Party. And certainly his tweets and other comments this week made me wonder about that. My producer Binkley is here. I think you have some more. Uh, do you have any tweets or comments that might help uh, continue this conversation? And also, let me just throw out the number because... We're uh, getting lots of calls, 404-872-0750. You could tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Go.
2: Yeah, I have a tweet from Life by the Creek. She says that we don't need the government to control the health care market, but the problem is the insurance companies wanted corporate business, and the companies wanted to give benef- benefits to their employees instead of money, and employees just got used to not paying.
1: That's interesting. There's a lot there. I actually tweeted a couple of articles about the early history of healthcare in this country. Um it's too much to kind of recap. I got a lot of calls I want to get to. But they the what what happens when people are on insurance or subsidized by the government or whatever is they will over demand a product. You see it in healthcare, you see it in education, you even see it in like mortgages, housing, because anything where the government gives a tax deduction or a subsidy, uh, the the demand goes through the roof and the prices go through the roof. And that's what happens here. So who wants that? The providers want that. Banks want a mortgage deduction. Health insurance companies and healthcare providers want government subsidies for health care. Universities want uh, school loan grants and what happens in all of those industries the prices to the consumer goes through the roof so that you have to have loans and and other kind of financial support for all this stuff the free market would really help this and in any case take the federal government out of it if you want to make this experiment in your own state and move to california go ahead you know you have millions of people in your states you can have these these little petri dishes of experimentation Within the state, I I think that socialist policies have to get bigger and bigger and bigger because your brain slaves escape across the borders. So the people who are the ones who are subsidizing those who want more can leave that, and that's why it, communism is an international phenomenon, international communism. Uh, that's why uh, that's why they always push it up, upsource it. I, I coined a term. I think the number the. The real flaw here is that both the Democrats and the Republicans are putting health care regulation and subsidies in the hands of the federal government, where it does not belong and it is unconstitutional. So let's get to some calls. I am going to Jim in Commerce. Hi, Jim. You are on with Monica.
3: Yes. Yes, Jim. Uh,
1: Jim, I you're, assume you're, you're talking to air.
3: me.
1: I'm talking to you, Jim. You are on the air with Monica okay. Perez. Okay. Uh,
3: yeah, I uh, I just want to make a few observations here, and uh, I've lived under fifteen presidents. I'm I'm 81 years old. And I was born in the year of Social Security, in 1935, and uh, my observation is that uh, President Trump is re- relying on Speaker Ryan and and uh, uh, Majority Leader McConnell, and uh, they. In my opinion, they do not have a sense of urgency on our country. And uh, it's business as usual. And we're in a, a situation now, in my observation, and I've seen a lot uh, in my 81 years, that uh, it's not business as usual. Uh, President Trump came in with a, a real uh, ambitious agenda, a policy, or agenda uh, focus, uh, health care reform jobs and education, uh, reinvestment of overseas funds in our country, uh, trade policy, uh, equalization, and, of course, immigration. In my opinion, uh, in order for him to get anything done in the first term, and, and I say this uh, emphatically, uh, he needs to go to the people constantly with a regular fireside, Chat
1: type uh, initiative. Um,
3: well, here's intensify. the thing.
1: Yeah, here's the thing, Jim. That I I feel like that's his version of that is Twitter, and and what he's doing it, and he did he used that very effectively throughout the campaign. Really got people to think that he was on their side. But what's alarming is that this week that has gone by, he has tweeted some. Pretty kooky things, such as uh, uh, the Democrats are smiling in D.C. that the Freedom Caucus, with the help of the Club for Growth and Heritage, have saved Planned Parenthood and Obamacare. The Republican House Freedom Caucus was able to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory after so many bad years. They were ready for a win. And the Freedom Caucus will hurt the entire Republican agenda if they don't get on the team and fast. We must fight them and the Democrats in 2018. That's kind of kooky because the Freedom Caucus represents the Tea Party remnant, many of whom represent the people who love Trump, and that his fireside chat is lighting them on fire. And that's to me the mystery that I'm trying to solve. What are the implications of this? Is he getting sucked in by the establishment? Is he does he not realize what is what are his goals here on the health care thing? Does he like Obamacare? Do you care that he does? I mean, I feel like Trump voters do not want Obamacare. And that's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of. 800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Paul in Snellville. Hi, Paul. You're on with Monica.
0: Ma'am, uh, what we need is uh, health care that's like uh, that's like auto insurance. You pick what you want. You pay for it yourself.
1: Yeah, I think that that everything should be like that. I actually think most of the government is just a, a, a terrible insurance policy that you're forced to buy. Social Security, Medicare, so much of it is just could be provided privately and and healthcare, Similarly, you really don't need insurance, except for if you're afraid of getting super duper sick. And then, you know, if you have a catastrophic illness, that's really what insurance is for, not to pay your doctor's bills, because auto insurance does not pay for your oil to get changed.
0: But the thing is, is what they're trying to do is they're trying to have government slavery. Instead of one person owning another, the government is going going to own the population
1: yeah, you're getting right to the heart of the matter, Paul. Really, that's what I, I feel like this is all a march towards the totalitarian state. And it comes from every direction, including surveillance, including how the transportation system is evolving to make us less and less independent. A censorship and uh, yes, health care is absolute control. They want to control the land. I'm afraid that they don't want us to be able to access uh, alternative substitute, be independent I on the one land. more
0: thing, ma'am. Yeah. When I was fourteen I joined the Objectivist Party.
1: That's Ayn Rand.
0: And I was and I'm now sixty six.
1: Are you still on board? No ma'am, but
0: I can just see everything that she said uh, yes. politically coming true.
1: Yes, I think that's true. I have gone the full Rothbard. I am an anarcho-capitalist a la Murray Rothbard, which is, (laughs) if Ayn Rand scares you, (laughs) don't look up Murray Rothbard. Uh, Thank you for the great call, Paul. More to come. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show.
0: Monica Perez, on News 95.5, at AM 750, WSB.
1: Mostly sunny tomorrow, high of 79. Weekend weather is brought to you by ShoeMate. Heating and air. And we're talking about Trump versus the Tea Party over Obamacare repeal and replace. That's a mouthful. But the fact is, the Freedom Caucus is being blamed for Paul Ryan's health care bill from uh, even coming to a vote. That they are responsible for not being able to repeal and replace Obamacare. And for me, I, I don't want... Obamacare light. I don't want the federal government in Obamacare. But I'm also interested in how this plays out between Trump and the Tea Party. If you liked Trump but don't like Obamacare or are torn between the two, let me know uh, how you feel about the health care bill and what you want to see happen next. If you had to decide, would you just repeal it? Would you replace it with something? Are you hooked on Obamacare now, even though you didn't want it? They sucked you in four oh four eight seven two zero seven fifty. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Charles in Gainesville. Hi, Charles. You're on with Monica.
2: Hey,
4: Monica. Always a pleasure to hear you. I enjoy your conversations. I really do. Uh, A couple of things. It just seems to me that the Republicans, they say, they have been working on replacing Obamacare now for the last almost eight years, and yet that was the only thing they could come up with? Somebody's not telling a a true story, it sounds like to me. I agree. And... uh, one of the other things is, um, you know, I look at our I look at our health care system. I live in Gainesville. We have an excellent hospital. We have pretty good health facilities up here, and of course, there's lots of people that live up here with lots of money. But I'm not one of those. But I do enjoy it up here. Uh, I uh, our hospital system is very expensive up here, so they they charge. I'm on Social Security, so they charge uh, Medicare quite a bit for things that I think are kind of high. And the other thing is they like to drive out any competition, and I always thought that competition is what made things better. So I'm, I'm a little disappointed in that, and I think that that's what the government needs to do, is to, to encourage competition and not encourage control. I, and, uh, but yes. I, but I do sh- have yeah. a curious question for you, perhaps. Okay. The, since they, they pulled the voting for uh, Trump Care uh, off of the thing because so many Republicans were dropping out now, uh, one, another commentator on this station has said that that was showing that they really don't want to change Obamacare. Is that true, or is it they also saw that this was going to be an Obama lookalike and there was no, no future in it? Is that why the Republicans pulled out, or is they just don't want to change it at all based upon they've had eight years to do something and they haven't done a darn thing?
1: I have never thought that the GOP wanted to get rid of Obamacare. They had opportunities to keep it from being implemented. I remember saying... Ted Cruz did his little filibuster thing. It was going to kick the can at least one year down the road and support for it was so shaky. That was a great step in the right direction. And the Republicans came down on him like a ton of bricks. I uh, wanted to get him uh, out of office because they said, let Obamacare happen and then it'll collapse in on itself. And they're still talking like that. But the when. I said at the time like you can't do that once it's entrenched it's going to be very hard to get rid of and ultimately once it's entrenched you aren't just going to repeal it if you if you want to repeal or replace it whatever then you just have republican care but something i think that people have been overlooking the the number one issue and this was not reported a lot much at all in this country i was reading it in a british newspaper the number one issue for brexit the British exit from the EU was that immigrants, they didn't mind having the immigrants, but it was stressing out the healthcare system. And I noticed at that moment that this national health care system in the UK is an extremely powerful political issue, just like abortion and gun rights are here. Really powerful issue that keeps the two party system afloat. And I feel like those kind of wedge issues. I think race is a big one here, like identity politics. They keep those issues alive on purpose to demand loyalty to one party or another and to not let people go try to find their own way or try to support a third party. And I feel like that is really what we're seeing here, that this is going to bat back and forth, back and forth, back and forth forever. And that's what they want. And in the meanwhile, we have bigger government, which both parties really, really like. So, I do smell a rat. I think they knew darn well it wasn't going to pass. They threw that Planned Parenthood defunding thing in there, which was like a little bomb. That's very uh, divisive. And why put that in an already hard-to-pass bill? I, there were a lot of rats to smell. Thank you so much, Charles. Uh, I'm going to go to Bob next. He wants to talk more about the health care bill, and I want to hear what you have to say. 800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez.
0: Maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about Monica Perez on News 95, five at a.m. 750 WSB.
1: I am the libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from three to six. And we're talking about health care. We're talking about uh, the Republican Obamacare 2.0 crashed and burned before it even came to a vote. Trump and Ryan are blaming the Freedom Caucus, which is the Tea Party remnants in Congress. And uh, I guess Plan B was, let's see what the Democrats want. That was a tweet that came out of the White House, kind of disturbing. I don't like that. But, uh, but But the real Plan B seems to be, well, one of the Plan Bs, maybe it's Plan C, seems to be just let it collapse, let Obamacare collapse in on itself. Uh, it's just not, it can't make ends meet. Insurance companies are, are running away from the markets, and it just won't be able to sustain itself, and then we'll have a deal. But here's the thing, I just 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 remembered that in the very, very beginning, before Obamacare was even implemented, it was very clear to me and probably a lot of other people that the premise of it, especially this idea that you can go get insurance with a pre-existing condition, that in itself destroys the concept of insurance. Nobody should buy insurance if you can go buy the insurance after you get sick. It just if you understand how insurance works, it's a pool of people with the exact same risk pooling their money together. And if one of them happens to get sick, that person gets all the money. That's what insurance is. But if only sick people join it, you might as well pay for your own insurance or go to for charity because, It's it's catastrophic. It's a lot of money. So what happens? So the insurance system was bound to collapse under the weight of that provision, which destroys insurance. Hope that's clear. So what happens if it destroys itself now? Well, maybe the Republicans will come up with a great plan, but maybe this has been the plan by the Democrats all along to get the public option which is the government is the insurance company, which is the single-payer system, socialized medicine like the U.K. has. It was actually called, I think, by a Soros guy or an Apollo guy, uh, this is the Trojan horse. Uh, the Affordable Care Act is the Trojan horse for uh, true socialized medicine on a national scale. And that's one thing to worry about, this let it collapse in on itself because even if it does, say there's a Democrat in the office, or or usually at midterms the Democrats, the minority party gains seats. I mean, if you lose control, that could very well be the next step. I mean, these are the things that uh, you got to worry about, and I want to know what your thoughts are, Binkley, my producer Binkley here. Has some tweets. Give me a quick tweet. I got a lot of calls. I'm going to do rapid fire calls. So if you're on hold, I will get to you. Just uh, hang tight. Give me a tweet. All
2: right. Billy favors tweets that Trump's actions show that he's just another corporate tool. The tweets directed at the Freedom Caucus show where his loyalty lies.
1: Wow, so that's a guy who is staunchly behind the Tea Party and thinks that Trump is not acting in good faith because there's a chance that Trump just is getting duped or just wants to get a deal done or just loves health care, secret, you know, uh, big government guy. It wasn't even a secret. I think he talked about that on the campaign. I don't think any of this stuff is a surprise, but this is why I did not support him during the campaign because I don't support any republicans i supported ron paul who was a republican but uh basically what i'm saying is that i uh i support the constitution and the bill of rights that uh, makes me a libertarian if you want to put labels on it i don't really have faith that our the power elite in washington is going to restore the bill of rights anytime soon but uh if someone isn't paying lip service to the constitution and the bill of rights during the campaign i do not expect them to fall on their swords for it afterwards but the freedom caucus does and it seems like in this case they did fall on their swords let's hope uh that standing by principle is rewarded let me do some calls 800 wsb talk Uh, i'm going to start with bob and marietta bob what you got
0: yeah monica i enjoy your show very much um anyway uh I really think you know the solution to this healthcare stuff is that they ought to
3: outlaw all
0: health care insurance. i mean i don't I think the only thing that should be available is uh, catastrophic uh, insurance
1: that's the only valid insurance. Insurance is by definition unpredictable. It's only to insure a pool of like risk people.
5: Yeah. you know uh, so
1: it should be a bunch of twenty year olds who have almost no chance of getting cancer, putting $10 into a pot, and then if one of them gets cancer, they get like a million bucks because nobody else is sharing the money in the pot. That's it. Right. That's how insurance works.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and that's all it should be. I mean, you know, I, I work for a large company and have very good policies, and uh, it's ridiculous. I mean, I can get sick and pay 25 bucks. That's it. I, I mean—
1: you don't yeah. even have to be sick. You can just go at the drop of a hat. Like, that's the thing. When you right. disconnect, this was the smartest thing I think George W. Bush said, especially in the campaign against Al Gore. He was asked in a debate about health care, and he said, you're going to get inefficient outcomes when the consumer is not the payer, that the person making the decisions about what product to use or buy is not the person paying the bills. And when you disconnect that, like through insurance, you get this overuse and uh, and this both Obamacare and Obamacare 2.0 or Ryan Care make that worse. They they further disconnect the payer and the pay. And there are also statistics. I'm a little bit on a rant here, Bob. There are also statistics that show we pay U.S. spends on health care per capita much much more than the next highest person. It's like 9,500 versus I guess Switzerland at 7,000 something like that but a number one in the world, but our life expectancy is number 31. So our health care isn't, our exorbitant spending on health care is not correlated. We're actually going backwards in world health. So
0: Yeah, it, it's hard to understand, and, and nobody really knows what, what things cost. I mean, I was in a hospital in uh, this past December, and the bill came across. It was one hundred and sixty-five thousand. By the time my insurance company got done, the negotiated rate was less than twenty-five thousand. How did they write off one hundred and ten thousand dollars? Yeah, I mean it's ridiculous. And you know nobody pays one hundred and sixty-five.
1: Right, so it, and and here's the thing. So I try to look at these bills, which are hundreds and thousands of pages long. You can't yeah. do it. Even the summaries are ridiculous. And then you realize, I can't even read it. So how are these guys controlling the world and getting it right? Forget it. Free markets. Drive prices down. Drive quality up. Look at cosmetic surgery. Look at LASIK. I mean, this stuff that people uh, have to pay for themselves, they get better service and lower prices. I mean, I, the, I, this thing is not about getting health care to people who need it. It's just not.
0: Oh, I agree. It's, it's you know, the insurance companies. It's the big health care providers. It's the drug companies. Uh, And and they're all in bed And, you know, like I said We have no idea what anything costs
1: No, I agree with you, Bob So much for my rapid fire But I enjoyed the call Thank you so much I'm going to John in Jonesboro John, you're on with Monica Miss
0: Perez, good afternoon to you, ma'am First time caller
1: Awesome, great to hear from you What you got?
0: Listen, I may be naive about this But it seems to me that this whole situation Could be resolved simply If the Democrats would quit Go yet, so move past it Quit griping and bitching, and as far as the health care bill goes, make Congress get together and have them come up with a law that not only they have to use, but their family has to use, their wives, husbands, grandparents, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, they're going to find something that's going to pass that's going to be affordable, and you can buy the insurance wherever, you know, free market, wherever it's the cheapest at, and it's going to work, but, you know... It, that's just my opinion on it. I mean, yeah, I'm, I mean, not, I'm, so, I'm, I'm so sick of that. To me, it's like the Republicans are, they made promises, but, you know, they're, they're starting to back up a little bit. And I guarantee you, if they keep doing this, come midterms, we're going to put some new faces in those places and get rid of those people and put some new ones in there.
1: I think that's inevitable. I think that always happens. I think they're really asking for it right now. Um I'm going to go to Lisa. I have time for another call. Go to Lisa. And, Decatur, Lisa, you're on with Monica.
5: Yeah, hey, good afternoon. Um, my husband was a health insurance broker. And just to let you know, uh, he's, his, his company has gone, uh, obviously, because of small and individuals. Um, they, they just There's no market for it anymore. But one thing people have to stop doing is conflating health care and health insurance. It drives me nuts. It's not the same thing. And the ability to pay for it um, is is something that is not guaranteed. So it does need to be a market driven thing. And I remember back in 18, uh, 1989, my insurance was seven dollars a week. So you know, I, I and it was the eighty twenty plan. You know, years ago, and the the whole thing went downhill with the managed care. So what, I asked,
1: ev- yeah i just want to point this out a while ago my husband has i haven't looked at it in a long time i just don't worry myself with that stuff anymore it drives me crazy but i used to look at it and on his paycheck it would show a deduction for health insurance he had some kind of cafeteria plan where you could pick stuff and i remember looking at it and i thought and that's like there's a tax deduction for that and i said actually i've never i don't think in my life because i don't like the doctors i don't go too much I never in my life used as much health care as even the after-tax amount of the insurance premium was. Mm-hmm. So it was like thousands of dollars. I'm like, I never go to the doctor. So well, beyond spending, I said spending. I wanted to cancel it. And he said, I said, tell him don't even give it to you. And he said, you can't because Obamacare makes you have they it. They have to have it. And everybody
5: has to have it. And, yeah, there's the penalty and whatever. But it's gotten to the point now because his company actually offers insurance we are prohibited from using Obamacare, you know, the subsidy. And the sub, we need the subsidy to, to survive. There's no way we can afford on what, you know, what our income is, two, two and a half,
1: you know, two grand a month for insurance. And your it, husband used to be an insurance broker. and A, a broker.
5: And it's just, it's gotten crazy. And it all started with them saying, okay, now you have to do 15%, only 15% of the policy price, the premiums can pay for costs in the office and salaries and all that. So it's a very concerted effort to kill wow. the industry. It's that's really managed
1: care. Interesting because that's the thing with all these nuanced rules and regulations you don't it's hard to know what they're really meaning to do but to destroy the insurance industry would be the way that this would be a Trojan horse for what's called the public option which is the government is your insurer a single pair, you know, that is classic socialized medicine, which they could never have passed straight up. Thank you for the call, Lisa. Taylor and Gary, you are next. I got to take a quick break. 800 WSB talk, or you could tweet at me at Monica Perez Show.
0: Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB.
1: 73 outside the studio. Skies are still absolutely clear. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate. Heating and air talking about Trump versus the Tea Party over Obamacare. And I want to understand, I talk a lot about principles, but something like this that's been unrolling over the years sucks people in. You have your principles, but... It's like paying income taxes. You don't like what they do with the money, but what are you going to do? Stop working? You have to work within the system. So I want to know how it's affected you so far and what you want to see come out of it. Uh, 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You could tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Uh, but general discussions about uh, your views on the health care controversy are welcome also. I'm going to t- Taylor. Hi, Taylor. You're on with Monica.
2: Hey, can
1: you hear me? I sure can. What you got?
2: Hey, so I'm actually um, about to graduate medical school next month, and I am one of the few people I think in the entire country that uh, has read the entire Affordable Care Act. Whoa. Um, and I'm also Yeah, yeah, it's a little extreme, but I've also read the new bill. Um, I did my undergraduate graduation paper on the ACA, actually. Um, Are
1: you also going and- to law school?
2: No, no, I, I just uh, I just was curious of how it was going to impact me, you know, down into, the, into the medical field as a doctor. And, um, you know, one of the things when I read the new bill um, that for me is the main reason that the House Freedom Caucus wouldn't support it um, is because the new bill leaves intact these essential health care benefits that you hear about yeah. um, that Obamacare requires. And that's that the made the people's essential.
1: policies go away. It's what he apologized yeah. for.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so my thing is, and and the new bill left those essential health care benefits in place, um, a lot of them, which is really what bothered me because, you know, I'm a 25-year-old male, so I'm not really sure why my policy has to pay for pediatric vision and dental when I don't even have children or maternity coverage when I'm a male and I'm obviously not giving birth anytime soon. So, you know, it's these it's these essential hey, health Hey, they might benefits. cover
1: that, though. They might. <laughs> I,
2: they would cover that, but, you know. You, they they might figure dental, out a way
1: but... and cover it.
2: I, you know, and I don't think I'd have to worry about paying for coverage if that was the case, because <laughs> I'd be rich. But, um, but, you know, these essential health care benefits that you have to have, I mean, you know, that costs money for those companies to provide coverage for those. And, you know, when they're not going to be used, I, you know, to me it's like. If they would just get rid of that, the House Freedom Caucus uh, would have supported the bill. It would have passed, and um, you, you don't have plans that are getting their prices hiked up for unnecessary reasons for coverage that you don't even need, you know. And and I guess my thing is, if you ha- you know, if they had to come to a compromise, then if you really, really want them, then at least tailor them to the individual. You know, I don't need pediatric vision. Yeah, I,
1: I, I, and that would. There's no. I don't know anybody who really wants that. It doesn't make sense. So you're right. If you tailored it, it would work. So you got to wonder if they don't want it to work on purpose, that they saddle these things. That's why when they put that Planned Parenthood defunding thing in there, it's just like, well, there's any chance this thing is going to pass. That seems like an anchor around its ankle. So it seems sabotage to me. Lots more calls. Hang on, Gary. You're up next. 800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez.